Uh, for many Christians, the gospel according to St. John is uh, the most precious book uh, in the New Testament. It is the book which we feed our minds and nourish our souls. You know, the, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, were given like historical symbols that kind of reflect um, who they are and what they're about. And the symbol that is typically used for John is the eagle. Uh, the eagle, because it alone of all the creatures uh, flies high and can look straight into the sun and not be overwhelmed, not be dazzled by it. Uh, John gives us a, a powerful, penetrating gaze of all the New Testament writers into the eternal mysteries of God, the great truths of God, and the very mind of God. Uh, we often find ourselves closer to God and to Jesus Christ through the Gospel of John, maybe more than any other book in the world. Somebody said that John's Gospel is deep enough for an elephant to swim. That's a good picture. And shallow enough for a child not to drown. That's our gospel. That captures how profound the gospel of John is. Uh, a God-given theological masterpiece of scripture, and yet a place where we can grasp the simplicity of what it means to believe in Jesus. So uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you like to read, um, maybe I, I meet people that say, well, I don't read. Uh, and then many of you love to read. I don't know what you love to read, if you love certain kinds of books or magazines or newspapers or somebody said the Wall Street Journal. Well, good luck on that one. Um, whatever, whatever it is that, that strikes you, you know, whatever things you like to pick up, things maybe that you read to entertain or to inform or some, uh, inspire. Uh, some like to read the newspaper. Some like to read comic books. We like to read different things. But whatever it is that you like to read, uh, whatever it is might be entertaining, nothing will impact your life more than this little book right here, the Gospel of John. Uh, as we think about it, we're going we're gonna to be in the Gospel of John most of 2019. Not every single Sunday. Uh, there's a few Sundays that we'll have uh, special events or things that are going on. But for the most part, we're going to be in the Gospel of John uh, for some 40 weeks or so. Uh, and as we begin to look at that, we are thinking about not just something that was written thousands of years, uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago, but recognizing that we have it in our hands, uh, that we have it in our hands because this is a book that was intended to change your life, not to just inspire you, not to simply inform us, but to bring about a transformation uh, of our life. You know, I believe, and one of the reasons that we would do a series like this, people would say, well, I would just study a whole book like that. We did that a couple years ago when we did the Gospel of Matthew uh, completely. I believe the church needs to be immersed in the Gospels. Not that it's more important necessarily. All Scripture is inspired by God. We should, we should study all of the Scripture. But we need to marinate and have clarity about the words of Jesus. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, in the same way the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ, to make us like Christ. If, 
if we are not doing that, all the churches and buildings and cathedrals and clergy and missions and sermons, uh, even uh, the Bible itself is simply a waste of time. God became a man for no other purpose. It is even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. It says in the Bible that the whole universe was made for Christ and that everything is to be gathered together in him. Uh, So what we are talking about is promoting a preoccupation with the example and the teachings of Jesus so that we become followers like him. You know, we, um, we can totally embrace this study and the examination and the thinking and the work of Jesus to help us understand his character and his ways. Um, You know, we can't be like Jesus in that we can't die for others the way that he did, but we can offer ourselves sacrificially the way he did. We can take on his character uh, in our life. Uh, It's a you know, it's, it's common, I think, among Christian believers to, to think that just having sort of a passing knowledge of the gospel, uh, kind of like, let's just know Jesus' greatest hits, you know, the birth and the death and the resurrection and a few miracles, and I think he taught in some parables. What if we decided we were not just going to have a passing knowledge, but we, have a, we had a solid understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um, that's his challenge to us, not just being familiar with the story, but allowing it to really marinate uh, in who we are. So it's my privilege today to introduce you to the gospel of John. The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit through John, who was an apostle of Jesus. John's name means God has been gracious. Uh, That's a pretty good name. Some of you even took his name, right? Uh, Some Johns in our church. It is believed that he was the Galilean fisherman. Uh, His father's name was Zebedee, and his mother was Salome. Uh, He had a brother named James. And so their family is is talked about in the scripture. Uh, His father was Zebedee, a fisherman. Uh, He was living his life kind of following that example. Salome is mentioned as one of the followers of one of the women that was following and helping to take care of Jesus and the disciples, even in those moments around the crucifixion. And his brother James, we hear often of James and John, Jesus called them the sons of thunder. If you've got any boys at you ha- your house, you probably know why Sons of Thunder. Like, uh, they probably grew up wrestling and being a part of, but they were key to Jesus' group of disciples. Um, it is believed that John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. In John 13 and 19 and 21, three different times, um, he talks about this disciple whom Jesus loved, one that at the time of the Um, Lord's Supper, we see him laying his head on Jesus' chest. Um, Most believe that this disciple, this one that was so loved by Jesus, but so loved in love with Jesus, was this apostle John. Uh, Jesus entrusted to John uh, the care of his mother at the cross. That has got to be a big deal, right? 
He's recognizing he's getting ready um, to be crucified, and he's offering the care of his mother to the apostle John. Uh, John is one of the ones that was given the vision of the transfiguration. You know, often uh, Jesus had 12 disciples, but he had three that were with him in some very special moments. Uh, Peter, James, and John. Uh, was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. John was allowed to witness some of Jesus' most amazing miracles, and later uh, God gave him uh, the vision of the book of Revelation, and John writes that book. John, afterward, after uh, Jesus was ascended into heaven as a leader, he became a pastor. He was the pastor at the church at Ephesus that is the letter Ephesians is written to, and he was later exiled uh, as one of the last apostles to the Isle of Patmos, and then that's mentioned in Revelation 1-9 as that is where he had the vision of the book of Revelation. Uh, John is second as uh, to the Apostle Paul in the number of New Testament books that were written. Uh, there were five books in the New Testament written by John, this gospel of John. Then he also wrote three letters, first, second, and third John that we talk about in the latter part of the New Testament. And finally, the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation. So don't get, don't get kind of mixed up. We are talking specifically about the gospel of, of John. The Gospel of John was written between 60 and 90 A.D. That was when it uh, moved out of just an oral history into a written history. It's the fourth and final Gospel, and John is believed to be the last surviving disciple uh, of Jesus. Now, uh, four Gospels, of which one is the Gospel of John. God I obviously gave us four different pictures, pictures uh, of who Jesus was, who he came to be. He gave us this picture that Matthew shared, that Mark shared, that Luke shares, and then finally what John has to say. And these four Gospels, uh, they, they don't disagree with, it, with one another. They kind of fill in one another. We don't have, really have uh, four Gospels. We have one Gospel. The Gospel is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We just are given four different vantage points. It's sort of like if, they, if there was an accident on one street corner and they begin to ask people about what happened, you know, you might get four kind of different perspectives uh, depending on if somebody was up in an office building and they saw what happened and somebody was standing on the corner and one was in the car right behind what happened, all of them could look at it and they're describing the same thing, but they come at it from different perspectives and they all come together to give us the whole true perspective. And so that's one of the reasons that God gives us these different pictures. Uh, as we look at the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic Gospels. That's kind of a um, school word, academic word. Uh, what that means is that Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of come at it from the same direction. As a matter of fact, Luke says, I'm writing to you, the very first verse, he says, I'm writing to you this chronology of what had happened. So most of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are like a chronology that's happening. It's almost like a video. You know, we're watching this story unfold and we're seeing all these events in his life. That is not the way that John wrote his gospel. John's gospel is not like a video. It's more like a snapshot pictures, uh, like an album that you would go through. You know, videos are nice and you kind of, they kind of go quickly and that's what everybody loves to watch today. Yeah, but snapshots are totally different. You ever notice when you pick up a snapshot, you got to pick it up and you start looking around. Hey, look at this. 
Look at that. Because you can see detail in the snapshots that you would miss if it was just this flow that's going on. So that's kind of what's happening uh, in, in John. He's beginning to give us uh, the details of what is taking place. When Matthew wrote his gospel, his audience was the Jews. It was a Jewish audience. And Jesus is the Messiah, the King, and the message of Matthew is worship him. Mark, when he wrote his gospel, the Ro Roman society was the audience, and Jesus was presented as the servant of humanity, to, to be God's servant. And the message was, follow him. Luke wrote to a more Greek audience, and Jesus was presented as the only man without sin. And the call of Luke is to be like him. But John the reason that John is so beloved is it's not written to a specific audience. It's written to everyone. It's written to everyone who would believe that Jesus is God in human flesh, God on the earth. And John's call is to believe in him, put your trust uh, in him. Uh, that's his challenge. John wrote uh, so simply for us to believe in him. Uh, just think for a minute with me about uh, beholding Jesus. One of the things John wants you to do is take a good look at Jesus. Um, is Jesus a person that you've taken a really good heart look at, looking at from every angle? The true king, the servant, the one sent from God, Jesus Christ, the one who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet we know that he is willing to be for us what we need for him to be in the moment. There are times when we need to realize that he's the king and we are the subjects there, but there are times that we need to know that he is with us in our hungering and our thirsting and our weaknesses and our needs. We hold him up to the light like a beautiful diamond and we try to see every aspect of this beautiful savior that we have. My heart is getting a little excited. Can you tell? I hope that maybe you come along with me on this journey. What is my desire today? My desire today is to motivate you to motivate you about a place in scripture that will absolutely change your life, that will so encourage you as we, as we walk together looking at this gospel of John. When you look at John, he wrote in a very simple and straightforward uh, manner. He wrote with great majesty. There's a lot of simplicity. There's not a lot of big four, five, six syllable words in John. Most of them are two or three syllables. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by him and not one thing that was created was not created by him. In him is life and the life is the light of man. Uh, beautiful simple words uh, that we can begin uh, to understand. John is looking not just at the story, he's looking at the actions, the events, the miracles that Jesus did, and not just looking at the actions themselves, but looking at the meaning uh, behind uh, those actions. John is different than the other three gospels in that there's no account of Jesus' birth, Baptism, temptation, the Last Supper's not there, Gethsemane, Ascension, there are no parables. But there are a lot of unique parts of John. The miracle at, at Cana, 
uh, the encounter with Nicodemus in chapter 3, women, woman at the well in chapter 4, the raising of Lazarus in John 11, washing the disciples' feet in John 13, teaching on the Holy Spirit in John 16, and so much insight that helps us get this view of the divine nature of this man, Jesus Christ. John gives us uh, seven, si- seven signs Seven different signs, so he was selective in what he picked out that he wanted to tell us about. And he's uh, seven different I am statements from Jesus and seven different people that we meet in John 1 through 12. The seven signs are the water turned into wine in John 2, 1 through 11. The healing of the nobleman's son in chapter 4, 46 to 54. The healing of the man at Bethesda, 5, 1 through 18. The feeding of the 5,000 in 6. 6, 1 through 14, the walking on the water in 6, 15 through 21, the healing of the blind man, nine, uh, all of chapter 9, and the raising of Lazarus in John 11. We, we learn about these I am statements from the gospel of John. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. So many of these perspectives that we, uh, as we've walked with God, have learned that. But maybe these are brand new to you. And so it's such a great opportunity um, to, to, to learn about these different things about Christ. Also, the people that we are introduced, introduced to, John the Baptist, Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman, the royal official and son, the man at Bethesda, the man born blind, and Lazarus, as well as Mary and Martha. <laughs> so this gospel... The Gospel of John is the 43rd book of the Bible. You know, the, the Bible is written, is, is, it's one book, but it's made up of 66 books. Um, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. So this is the fourth book of the New Testament, the 43rd book in the Bible, and as we said, the fourth gospel. John has 21 chapters, 879 verses, and over 19,000 words. I'm sure that's way more than you wanted to know, but I'm trying to give you some perspective about thinking about what he's trying to say to us. So... um, Do you have one of these? If you'd hold this, let me see, you got this. All right, let's talk about this little book here for a second. Um, uh, Several things. First of all, uh, I like this gospel. I looked at quite a few different ones. Um, One thing you'll notice if you open this is that the print is pretty decent. Uh, if you if you ever been around some of these little gospel tracks like this, or maybe little Gideon Bibles or whatever, you gotta really you gotta get a telescope. Sometimes to read. This is not quite like that. Uh, you might, some of you might still need your reading glasses, but uh, for the most part, this is a really nice print uh, for this. So I hope it's something that you'll um, that you won't feel like is, it was a big a big struggle for you. Um, I, I wanted you to uh, to know that this is a this is a gospel that's written with devotional notes. Now, what that means is that there are some scripture in here underlined. And what this, what this particular uh, Gospel of John is trying to do, if you open the book, um, first of all, you can read about what I'm going to tell you. On the, one of the first pages, it says explanation. Uh, you can read that later. Um, but what I want you to see is that throughout the book, there are these letters that are written. Look, on, look at the very first, like page one. 
page one, where the gospel begins. And you'll notice that as you're reading along in the gospel, in the margin, there are some letters, uh, F, W, um, K. Uh, That's kind of like a a system that this particular Bible has. And on on that page, right after the explanation, it tells you exactly uh, what those mean. So you can follow that code along. You can see right here, it gives you the A all the way down to the W and tells you what those mean. So what this this particular, uh, this is a translation of the NIV, but what this particular one is doing is giving you some perspective about some of the themes of the Gospel of John. So not only just reading the gospel, but you can see that it gives you 15 different themes related to salvation. And then um, on this page, it gives you the first verse that's related to that. And then on the next two or three pages, it gives you a breakdown. It gives you four, five, six, seven verses that are about those particular themes, things about faith, things about uh, sin and what Christ has done for us. So you can see that it gives you some direction there. That's not only helpful to you, but it would help be helpful to other people that you're going to give one of these Bibles to. All right. Well, one of my hopes is that you'll read this gospel. Uh, now I don't know what you do for devotions. Uh, many of you might have things that you do. Some of you maybe read the Bible occasionally. This is a chance for you to spend every week in a section of the Gospel of John. At the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to commit uh, to do that. Um, But what I also would like you to do is to think about giving these away. Let's let's saturate Tazewell County with the Gospel of John. Uh, um, I'm giving you one of these today, and I'm not really asking you. I bought like 1,200 of these, but I really was, my plan was to buy like 5,000. Uh, because uh, this is small enough to carry in your purse, to have them in your car, uh, to carry them, you know, in your pocket or uh, to have these with you. Um, So now listen, I'm not asking you today to take 20 of these gospels with you because I think you need to have a good understanding of this gospel yourself because what I don't want you to do is say, hey, here's the gospel and throw it out there. I'd like you to tell somebody why you're giving them the gospel and an opportunity that they could learn some about what the, what it's trying to say uh, to us as you give them away. Again, I'm going to ask you, are you willing to help me saturate our area with the gospel of John? Now I'm not talking about saturating this week. I'm talking about through this series. Okay. Let's do a couple of things with the gospel. Isn't it amazing to hold this in your hand? This is the word of God uh, given to us. Now, look near the end. Uh, this is about this is a little over 80 pages. So if you'd go to page 80, if you look on page 80, that is right there at the end of chapter 20. And what I want to highlight for you uh, is, a, is a verse that we can look at together. It gives us a highlight. Now, notice what it says uh, right at the end of chapter 20. Um, See that little heading right there? Would you read what that says? It says, the purpose of John's gospel. That's pretty good. Gives us an idea. I'm going to read one verse for you, and then we're going to read the underlined verse. This verse says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So he's telling you there was a bunch of things that happened. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very last verse of the book says more was written and that all the books in the world couldn't contain everything that God did. 
but he gives us very specific in, uh, idea of what it was, what this gospel was about. So we're going to read uh, verse 31 together. Ready? But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, I'd encourage you maybe to, if you're open to memorizing verses, I'm going to give you a verse every week from the section that we're dealing with, but this gives you an idea of what the purpose is. Notice that it says that you may believe. We're going to talk a lot about that. Believing that Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah is the idea of Christ. You know that Christ is not Jesus' last name, right? Jesus Christ is Jesus the Messiah, the one that was sent from God. We'll, we'll talk about that some more. But Jesus is the Messiah, and he adds, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have what? Life. So those concepts are really heavy as a part of John. His purpose is to talk about what it means to believe. What it means to believe as a, as, a, as a Christian, a person that believes in Christ as the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, something happens to you. That when you believe, your life is changed. How many of you would say that's true? Uh, when you believed in Christ, what transformation uh, he has brought uh, to us. Okay, I'll give you one more exercise. I don't think I have time to do it. But um, here, here's one way that you can kind of overview the, the whole gospel. Like I said, it's a small, it's a small book, but you'll notice uh, you don't have to read all this in one sitting, but one way you can get a handle on it and turn every page is by reading these headings. So maybe today or sometime this week, uh, you just start reading and you can just read uh, the word became flesh and turn the next page. John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. John testifies about Jesus. So you can begin to read those headings and it would allow you to turn every page in this book and actually have an overview of what is happening in the gospel. Do you see how quickly you can begin to get a feel for what the gospel of John is really all about? So there's just some ideas uh, for you to begin to, uh, to think about that. So what I'm encouraging you to do is to take, take some time with this this week. Take some time to kind of get a handle on it, begin to read it. At the bottom of the notes, you'll notice I'll give you the assignment for the, for the next week. We'll start right at the beginning and go down through verse 18 of chapter 1. So that's kind of your reading assignment. And then after that, I'd like you to begin to think about where would God want you to give away the gospel of John? So you've got to think about what am I going to say? Why am I going to do that? Asking God to help us, you know, because if you pray, it's sort of like the God pocket. You remember that? Remember us talking about that? I told you it wasn't about deciding what you wanted to do with the money. It was about asking God, what is it? So I'd like you to ask God, who needs the gospel? Uh, who, would, who would you want me to give those to? And I'm, I'm telling you, I am wide open, man. If we gave away 5,000, if we gave away 10,000, whatever. It need, uh, so we're going to, now, if you want to help me buy these, these cost a dollar. So I'm not asking you to, but if you, every time I do this, somebody says, pastor, we got to help you with whatever. So that's, uh, uh, these cost about a dollar. So uh, let's saturate our area uh, with the opportunity to pray. Could I have these with me? so that I can give these away, the Gospel of John. And on the back, it has information about the church, and it has our website. And if they go to the website, it'll give them information not only about the church, but about this series. 
about what we're doing. And as we move along there, they'll be able to learn about that. So instead of putting a bunch of other information on here, uh, wanted you to have a chance to do that. So how about, are you with me? Uh, right, okay, so we're doing all right so far. All right. Um, so this gospel in your hands, I'd like you to, to know this little Latin phrase. I put it on your uh, outline. Tale lege. Tale lege. That means take up and read. Take up and read. I don't know what else you're reading, but read the gospel of John. Uh, not in one sitting, not in one or two weeks, not in just a few days, but just slowly marinating on the, the gospel uh, of John. Now, the other page that I had for you in, the, in your bulletin was a chart. Uh, I love charts. Uh, if you came here on Wednesday night last year, uh, I did a study of all 66 books and gave you a chart like this. Uh, this is a great chart. Um, the Gospels are a little bit hard to chart because there's so much information in them. But you can see on this chart that what John's intention is. He's, he starts talking about the deity of Jesus, focuses on him as the God-man, some of his ministry, uh, the where it says there are discourses, that means teaching uh, that he's giving, um, the trials and death of Jesus, the empty tomb, and the ascension. And so you can follow along here and see the sections, uh, and we will definitely deal with all of these different sections as we go along. We won't break our series down exactly like this, but it gives you an idea of the way to chart this out. From the very beginning, you begin to see those seven different signs that I mentioned to you, turning water into wine, and all those, all those are listed for you there. Um, you'll notice it gives you kind of the different sections there, 1 through 12 is more of the public ministry of Jesus. We see him out among the crowd. And then when you get to 13, uh, it's, it's like sitting in a room and listening to Jesus. When you read 13 and you hear him talking to his disciples and washing their feet, you know, that's not out there in the public. That's a very personal moment that he's having with them. So a, like a personal conversation uh, that you get to listen in on the teaching of Jesus. Uh, then we go, uh, and when we get later, closer to the fall, we'll be doing the death, um, the trials and death of Jesus in 1819, the resurrection uh, in 20, and in the final chapter uh, in 21. So this gives you an idea. The key theme is mentioned down there, 2031, that we looked at. So this is a chart that you can use uh, to help you uh, get an idea of what is happening in, in the gospel. Now, we, we talked about this memory verse, and focused on that together, um, what is he trying to do? He wants us to, to consider uh, what it means to believe and what it means to have uh, life. So let's, let's talk about this theme just for a little bit. Um, you know, he says, I've written this book, including these particular accounts, so that you might believe. Now, there's a lot of talk in our society about believing, um, not necessarily in the way that we mean it, but that it's important how you believe. Because there's so many people that believe there ought to, there's some spiritual aspect to their life. Um, you know, we Christians aren't the only ones that talk about spirituality. Uh, I'll give you an example. Now, uh, I'm going to say her name, but, you know, don't get upset with me if you love her, okay? Um, uh, Oprah is, is one, of the, one of the ones that proclaims belief in a completely different way than we do. 
Uh, she, she has this perspective, and I haven't listened to her or watched her a lot, but read a lot of things about her, and then watched one particular uh, thing that happened one day, because there's this belief that all you need to do is just have faith. And if you have faith, not in a certain object or in a certain thing, just faith in faith. If you just have faith in whatever. So one day there's this atheist. It's on her show. And so, you know, she's having this conversation. And so he's explaining why he's an atheist. And then she asked him a question. I think it was, a, um, he, he's telling this story about standing at the edge of the ocean and, and all this stuff. Well, she gets all excited. And she gets excited. She says, ha, yeah, I, I know you, you, you believe. I mean, you have awe and wonder in you about, um, you know, that, that, you know, God is not just up there in the sky somewhere. He is, you know, she, she's kind of peddling this story of that it's fine just to believe. It doesn't really matter what you believe in. John says that is not true. It totally matters what you believe. Just having this belief in belief or faith in faith, like our society tries to talk about spirituality, just because you think there might be something going on in the world or in nature, it's about Christ. Our belief is in Christ, and it's not about belief that happened sometime in the past, maybe when you were a child, or, you know, once in a while I hear people say that. Well, yep, I got baptized when I was eight years old. Oh, it's really bad in the South, <laughs> you know, because there are Baptist churches like on every corner in the South, and they're getting a lot of people uh, say, but I meet people that would say, well, it really doesn't matter how I live or what I believe right now. I got you know, I got baptized when I was eight years old, and, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved, and it really doesn't matter how you believe. John does not teach that. He teaches that it's about belief, like current, how you believe your life. And so you're going to see that in your life, and that's what he's saying, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Um, this whole idea of believe, you know, we use it all the time. Somebody says, well, what's the weather going to be like today? And you'll say, well, I believe it's supposed to warm up. And what you mean by that is that you really have no idea what it's going to do, but you heard or you think that somebody said that it might warm up, right? You don't know. You're not a weatherman. And even if you were, you'd see we're wrong. I mean, that's just it's in the job description, right? I mean, we re we're recognizing belief is a personal experience that we've come into relationship with him. The word believe in John, it means to trust, to put our trust in someone. Here, here's the scene. It's like, just think about going on this hike. And so you're on a hike and you're up in a beautiful mountain and you're approaching this this cliff that drops off like thousands of feet below you in this huge canyon. And the only way to get from where you are to get across is on this rickety old bridge that's right on the side of the cliff there. Well, it's one thing to believe that the bridge can hold your weight and can get you across that canyon. That's one thing. It is something altogether different to put your feet on that bridge and to walk across it. Just because you say you believe 
does not necessarily mean the same thing as it does to put your feet down and walk across that bridge. One belief is kind of an intellectual, the way I think about things. The other is placing somebody, placing your trust in the bridge. And John did not write his gospel so that we can know more facts about Jesus. John did not write his gospel simply so that we could have better intellectual knowledge so that we could know about Jesus supposedly the same way that we know about Abraham Lincoln. Like we study Lincoln, we value Lincoln or whatever, but knowing Jesus is completely different than knowing Lincoln, right? Jesus, our belief in him, transforms everything because you walk out on the bridge of trusting in him and Jesus comes as the God-man. He was sent to bring about this opportunity for us to place our trust uh, completely in him. And then John says, not only to believe in him, but to have life. To have life. One time, I walked in this, this big department store, and I'd seen the window as we walked by, and, you know, there's the windows all got all these mannequins or whatever in it, dressed all up and got all the stuff in. So I made the corner and went around the corner, and I'm pretty sure the mannequin moved. <laughs> and so I stopped, and I looked at that, and um, I stood there for a minute more, and then I saw a little twitch. I said to somebody that's with me, I said, that mannequin's alive. You know, there's a big difference between a mannequin wearing clothes to demonstrate and a real model woman that was in that window. They had hired a model to stand in the window to wear their, the clothing they were doing. That, that's, that's the difference. Belief in Jesus brings us life brings us real life, transformation uh, of who we are, changing our character, uh, bringing about the, this perspective of who he wants us to be. So that's what I'm uh, asking you to think about. John is selective in the way that he recorded the life of Jesus. And his purpose was to structure this gospel in such a way so that as you read it, that there would be this irrefutable conclusion in your heart that Jesus is the son of God that came and lived on earth as uh, the God man. And then having led us to the son, asking us to believe 98 different times, he asked us to believe as an active word. And then he proclaims that in Jesus, we would have real life, real life uh, in Christ. So um, what are we, we going to ask God for? So what are we going to, uh, what are we going to ask God to help us do? Now I'm going to I got some personal commitments down there. Let me give you a couple other things first. These are not in your notes. Um, let, let's, ask, let's ask God to help our faith to become more alive, more possible. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times in our life that we wonder, do I have enough faith for this? Do I have enough faith for this situation, these needs? Um, and most of the time, the answer is probably not. 
God gives us faith. And so you read these stories, understand these stories, and you realize what, what John is trying to do. He's trying to help you see that there were people that struggled with their faith, but faith is possible because of Christ. Um, I'd love for you to think about the gospel of John as a personal conversation with Jesus. Having this personal conversation as you see the story of his life that will make your faith more uh, personal. Uh, it's about you and Jesus in your walk with him. Um, you know, that's really, I believe that's what devotions ought to be anyway. Uh, meeting with Jesus. Time with Jesus. Hearing uh, his, his voice spoken into your life. Uh, another thing that can happen to us is that studying these miracles of Jesus will help our faith to become more powerful. When we see what Jesus can do, how he can raise the dead and give a man sight, it begins to shrink our problems a little bit when we begin to see the power that he has available to us. Personal conversation, seeing his power, and then we, we see how practical it is. Um, we begin to experience the same thing that he's teaching here, experiencing peace and the helpfulness that he offers to us as he overcomes our problems as we see his, uh, the strength and help that he offers to us. The Gospel of John also helps us understand the passion uh, that Jesus has. You know, passion is a word that's used in all kind of different ways. Um, you know, the Bible uses it, the idea we use it, we, we, this thing we do in the spring, you know what we call it? The passion play. You know why we call it that? It's because passion was intended to be a word that described what happened with Jesus' death uh, and resurrection. So he's in challenging us, encouraging us to think about uh, how we're going to be changed how God is going to bring about the change in our lives. How can we pray for that to happen through our reading of the Gospel of John? So um, personal commitments, kind of at the bottom of your page there. Uh, would you commit to read and study the Gospel of John with us and uh, with the church uh, throughout 2019? Um, so maybe making a commitment to this to be a, part, a regular part uh, of your reading. Uh, I encourage you to attend every Sunday and watch. Maybe some of you are watching by live stream today. Uh, I hope that you would uh, join us uh, in this commitment. Um, if you want a Gospel of John, uh, come by the church this week. They'll be here. We can give you one. Or if you're out of town and you want us to mail us one, I'll mail you one. Uh, whatever you need, just contact us. I want you to join with us in being a part of this series. We're going to uh, decide together that we're going to work on this throughout 2019. Uh, I will try to learn the outline and the memory verses from the Gospel of John. Maybe you're no good at memory verses, but I encourage you to give it a try again. Start learning some of the verses of the scripture that we will have key verses that will help you remember. And the outline, the chart, and some of the outline that I'll help you do will uh, help us to kind of learn what this book is about. Wouldn't it be great if we could end up 2019 having a tremendous handle on one of the gospels of Jesus Christ? Life-changing absolutely life-changing. And you will never be the same uh, as a believer if you get the, uh, a quantity of scripture like that that is well presented and you have a great handle on it. You'll go back to the gospel of John till the day you die uh, as, as you study it together. Um, number four, I will help us to saturate our area with the gospel of John during this series. If you know somebody that needs one, take some as you go out. Um, 
And I, I want you to begin to think about who to give the gospel to. Uh, I will uh, grow and allow my life to be transformed by the word of God, make that commitment, and I will seek to apply the truths of the word of God in all areas of my life. That's one of my commitments to you, is that as we go along, there'll be practical application questions that you can answer, things that you can think about. Maybe uh, some of you are thinking about even having a Bible study, uh, give you some questions that you can deal with uh, in meeting with others, having conversations about the gospel, uh, whatever you can do to find yourself in a place where you can learn and grow together. Uh, would you stand up with me? Before Cheryl comes and helps us with the offering and all that, I'd like us just to, uh, I'd like you just to make a commitment with me. Uh, I'm going to pray a prayer, but I'd love for you to affirm this prayer in your own mind. You know, if I say something in the prayer that you agree with, just affirm that in your own heart. You can either say amen or you can just uh, say it within yourself. But let's commit ourselves together today to the word of God. It's really why we come to church, isn't it? We come to church to learn and to grow, but I'm asking you to take maybe a next level step and decide the level of your commitment to this church, to this time, to this gospel that God wants to speak to us. Let's pray. Lord, uh, you gave us this book. You gave it to us because you love us. You gave us this book to help us to grow and to deepen our trust in you. There's not one of us in this room that doesn't need that. Not one of us that's watching this service today that doesn't need that. So Lord, we pray for these things to begin to happen to us, that our faith will be strengthened, that it will be more personal. We ask that our faith in Jesus would grow in power and in understanding and in application into every area of our life. Your love for us is proclaimed in this gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was given that we would believe and that our belief would deepen us, deepen our passion for him. Not a fake kind of passion, but one that grows honestly and genuinely that we would believe more deeply than we've ever believed, that we will find life in greater measure than we've ever personally experienced through this book. Deepen us, Lord. Teach us. Help us to receive. Help us to do some of the work of reading and thinking and applying. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to touch the lives of some people around us, that there will be people that we are connected to that will find themselves involved in the gospel of John as never before. We give you praise, Lord. We commit ourselves together in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.